This is Scott Klosowski. You've landed at The Digital Optimist, a podcast that looks into the future of technology impacts on the world. Yeah, I see a brighter future coming, so jump into a few episodes and see if you agree. It seems like every generation thinks that the next one is going to ruin the world, uh, or at least that the generation will be substandard. Now, I grew up uh, basically in the 60s and 70s, and during the time that I was growing up, we had uh, the hippie era. And so the older people in the, during the hippie era, the people who were older and not hippies, felt like the hippies, drugs, sex, rock and roll, that was going to ruin the world. And it didn't jive at all with their sensibilities. Uh, the drugs and the sex and the rock and roll were all looked at as something that was, uh, uh, you know, certainly not, uh, wouldn't be done in the church, uh, certainly wouldn't have been done in uh, the carefully crafted world of that older generation. And so they thought, wow, you know, what's going to happen to the world when these hippies uh, all grow up and become adults? Now, that's just one generational switch. Uh, You know, today, We have our generations that all complain about the young generations as well. So I I think we can probably agree that this has gone on for millennia, that every generation looks at this young generation and says, hey, that generation is going to ruin the world. Now, this never really been true. Historically, if we look back, every generation has an influence on the next generation. I'll talk more about that as we go along. Uh, But certainly, there's a dynamic that every generation can learn from the generation before. And more and more, as we've had wonderful ways to store knowledge, then every generation basically can be born into a base of knowledge that the generations before them have created. And so, it's never really been true that the young generations are going to ruin the world. And I wish we would just let go of that. Uh, In fact, when I look at the, the young generations today... Uh, I, I think they're some of the best human beings that we've ever produced. Uh, sure, can we look at every generation and, and find quote-unquote faults with that generation or weaknesses? Yeah, we always, we always have and we always will probably seek to do that. But I would say all in all, the young generations today, amazingly bright, wonderful ability to use technology to be able to accomplish tasks or to gain knowledge. Uh, a much more socially minded generation when we look at the young generation. Uh, they're the generation that brought us, you know, Tom's shoes, for instance, buy one, give one away. It certainly wasn't my generation or the generations older than me that thought about starting businesses that would do things like that. So there's a lot to like with the young generations today. Now, if you've heard a lot of the speakers like I've heard on the speaker circuit, uh, and I get to hear a, a handful of those generational speakers almost every year, Although that genre has started to fall off a bit, uh, it it was interesting that most of those speakers uh, talked about the generations going back. So they would go back four or five generations. They would talk about the great generation and uh, Gen X, right, and millennials. Uh, But they always went backwards. Rarely did they ever go forwards. And most of them, when they went back, uh, they would make jokes or, or they would make fun of the proclivities of each of the generations. And especially as they got towards the younger generations, the jokes that they made, the things that they would say to make fun of the generations, after about five or six years, all started to become the same. 
For instance, it was like a rule that every generation uh, generational speaker had to make a comment about trophies and that, you know, the young generations today get trophies for eighth place. And so I, I, evidently that was a rule that they made them all sign a document to say, whenever you talk about young generations, you have to say that. They almost all said the same thing about work ethic, that the young generation didn't have a good work ethic. Now, I would listen to that and I would say, well, let me translate that for you. The young generation watched their parents work too long, ignore their kids, make latchkey kids out of them. And so they promised themselves that they would have a work-life balance. And because work-life balance is important to them, we call them lazy, uh, which is just one viewpoint of one generation looking at another generation. So in other words, on the speaker circuit, when I listen to generational speakers, um, they often said the same things. And I think that's a little bit of the reason you see generational speakers now falling out of favor uh, as far as the type of content people want to put up, because they all started to say the same thing. I would also say part of the problem was they all want to talk about the generations going backwards, in other words, just the, the present generations, as I mentioned, without talking much about the generations going forward. Uh Although, yes, it's important to understand that people who are already consumers or customers or employees, uh, it's also really important to understand what's coming next. What are going to be the uh, types of proclivities that the young generations are going to have as we look forward? So just for our purposes and vocabulary-wise as well, uh, you hear me say Gen A's who are actually being born today, of course. Uh, Gen B's and Gen C's, which pretty much that'll take us the rest of the century. Uh, Some people are calling the next generation Gen Alpha. I tend to say, well, we said Gen Y and Gen Z. Why don't we just stick with Gen A and B and start over again? Uh, So you'll hear me use the term Gen A, Gen B, Gen C. Uh, So I want to talk a little bit about those and what we think we might know of them. Obviously, Gen Zs are already out. They're already starting to get into the workplace. Uh, You know, we're way past just talking about millennials at this point. We need to be talking more about Gen Zs. Now, I grew up, uh, as some of you know, uh, kind of a child of the streets. So I, I tend to rely a lot more on observation and my experience rather than repeating what I learned in school or just repeating what experts say. So although I listened to generational speakers, and a lot of them had done a lot of research, and so I'm not saying what they did was wrong, sometimes it's just the conclusions that people come to from the research that I don't always agree with. So I tend to, to, since I'm out in the world a lot, look at what do I observe, what are my personal experiences, and try to cross those with what experts are also saying. So in the world of the of generational um, proclivities, again, in, in you know what does each generation look like? There seems to be a big problem with echo chamber. So, in other words, uh, tropes or memes get started about a generation, and then people just continue to use those tropes and those memes over and over again until people believe that this is true. Uh, that is certainly the case with the millennials, and I think. Uh, if you're like me, you're probably tired uh, at this point of people uh, making funny jokes uh, about millennials when, again, Gen Z is really who's starting to come into the uh, the consumerhood or the workplace. Uh, and also, 
the comments about millennials uh, have really worn out their welcome. It was just a case of, uh, you know, Gen X, uh, you know, or even the, the baby boomers before them doing the same thing that's been done forever and just making fun of that next generation. Uh, I try not to have that viewpoint. I try to look at each generation as an entity itself, try to understand what's positive or, uh, you know, what, what could be a struggle for that generation. Uh, but always trying to keep in mind that every generation stands on the shoulders of the generation before. Now, I've sat down and mapped out Gen A's, B's, C's, uh, and looked at you know how far apart will the generations be. And if you're somebody who has done a lot of work in HR, a lot of work studying generations, I understand that you can't really pick when one generation starts and the other ends until a little bit after we see what impacts there's been on a generation. In other words, we can't just say all generations are 20 years apart. Sometimes they uh, might seem a little bit uh, longer or shorter, depend on what happened during the time or what the impacts were during that generation. Uh, I, I will say, when I try to map things out and just speculate on Gen A, B, and C, I think the generations, quote-unquote generations, will widen a little bit. So, you know, we may see them be a little bit further apart than we thought of generations before. Uh, that's if we look in the, in the terms of birth generations. Uh, if we look in terms of technology, the generations certainly would be speeding up. So we might say, wow, you know, generations are only 10 years apart if you look at the impact of technology and what that has done. Uh, but I suspect when we look in the rearview mirror 100 years from now, the generations will probably widen out a bit more than maybe uh, what they've been in the past, uh, but we'll see. Regardless, we know there will be a Gen A born now, a Gen B that most of us will see in our lifetime, and Gen C that young people today will definitely see. Now, I, I don't really want to get into a debate necessarily of the exact year that things start and finish and you know all of that, so... Uh, if you'll just go with me that we know what the generations are and it's not that critical to try to figure out the years of when they start and don't start, uh, it, it at least allows us to start talking about what may be the impacts on these different generations. And, you know, at the end of the day, will the generation be um, healthy and positive at moving humanity forward? Or will we have that generation that actually sets humanity back, which as I mentioned, I, I really don't believe anything in history is showing us that that will happen. Uh, although, I guess I could always be surprised. Now, as I said, Gen Zs are already here. Gen As are being born. So let's start talking about the optimism part. Uh, Gen As give me a lot of reason for hope uh, because they will grow up with parents who have learned from the mistakes of their elders, as have every generation. So if we look at uh, the Gen Zs and what mistakes might they make and what will they have learned and learn from their elders, uh, you'll start to understand that we can have a little bit more of a balanced focus on what will be good about Gen As and what might they still be lacking. You know, what skills might they have that generations before them uh, did not have? What will they value that the generations before them maybe didn't value as much? Uh, just like I said, uh, you might go from Gen X um, or the great generation before them that had a great work ethic, 
but you know, as you went to Gen X, you also started to get people that were um, heavy consumers, much more than the generations before them, because they were heavy consumers. They have a lot of pressure on themselves to work, uh, which meant in some cases not spending time with their families and creating latchkey kids and all the other problems we've had with that. Uh, again, which has an impact on that next generation. The pendulum just swings back and forth on some of these these human traits. Now, as I said, Gen A, born today, uh, I suspect that there will be some real specific reasons to be optimistic. For example, uh, I don't think they will follow anybody blindly. Uh, they will always ask questions and they will have many more sources for answers. If you look back in history, we could look back at Nazi Germany. I mean, we could look back at a lot of different incidents where cults or groups of people followed a leader blindly. And because they did that, there were horrible consequences. But in a lot of cases, they didn't have a lot of resources to be able to try to figure out a differing point of view, or in some cases, even communicate out to the world what the point of view was that they were being, it was being thrust on them. Uh, Gen Zs and Gen As, uh, they won't have this. Like I said, they, they will not follow anybody blindly. They will always have a way to search and find answers or alternative paths if they want them. And this will be a good thing for their generation. They will be very transparent because privacy will not be something that was pounded into them. Uh, if we go back to millennials, millennials was probably one of the first generations where privacy was being redefined maybe an interim generation between a generation that uh, believes strongly in privacy. Uh, it, you know, it was the, you know, the first generation to have to deal with technology and have to deal with the fact that a lot of people had your information, and maybe that was okay. And maybe a certain level of transparency of data uh, allowed uh, benefits in life. It allowed more security. It allowed more convenience, uh, which is certainly continuing with the new services, products, security that's out in the world today. I'm not saying there's not a place for privacy, by the way. Uh, I'm a big believer in privacy. Uh, It's just that there's a big difference between body privacy, I don't want you to see me naked, or data privacy, I don't want you to have fields of data, or activity privacy, I don't want you to know what I'm doing right now. Those are completely different forms of privacy, and they should have completely different rules. Well, long and short, Gen Z's, Gen A's, they will have a lot better sense of where do we need transparency and where do we need privacy and finding that balance, which is not something that you find in the older generations today. The younger generations, they will seek to use technology to free themselves to be more human. What I mean by that is they will use technology, AIs, robotics, uh, machine intelligence, right? They will use technology to do things that are highly repetitive, that are dangerous, uh, that are mind-numbingly boring. Uh, And because they will apply technology to take care of these things, like I said, it will free those generations to focus more on things that are uniquely human, creativity, innovation, the arts. Uh, And so I think we will see a bit of an explosion uh, in, in artistry, creativity, music, uh, you know, innovative problem solving, because we will invest less of our human time 
doing tasks, again, highly repetitive or dangerous, because we will offload those to machines, and that will have a great impact on the young generations. That is not to be taken lightly, by the way. I mean, we're we're talking about maybe 30%, 40% of all time that is spent by people today doing tasks that fall in that category of boring, repetitive, or dangerous. Uh, And so that is a massive amount of resource that will be able to be reapplied to make the world a better place. Uh, The young generations will be healthier. They'll be healthier because they will have the tools to know exactly what is happening to their bodies. You know, if you really look at why we're not healthy, one of the main reasons is because people don't always have a sense of what exactly is going on with their bodies. You know, smoking would have been a good example. Uh, When people smoked and they didn't know for sure that it was going to cause lung cancer, then they just smoked. Uh, You know, today, sometimes people don't understand what they're eating and what the impact of that will be. Or they don't understand the lack of exercise and what that could cause. Or uh, what might be in the food or in the water that they're drinking. Future generations will have much better data and information about what they're putting into their body and the exact impact of that. Now, will people still make bad choices? Sure. There are people today who still smoke, even though they know that it causes lung cancer. There are people that still chew tobacco, even though they know it causes mouth cancer. So it's not like the knowledge of what's going on in our bodies or what we're putting in our bodies will change everybody, but it will change a vast swath of a younger generation. And so I expect that they will be healthier every generation from now on. All right, they will be better with the environment because they will trust the data that they see and, and they will want to live in a, in a better world, not, not one that is falling apart. Uh, I find uh, people's views on the environment to be very interesting, not only because they're different around the world, uh, but also they're different across generations. Uh, I've had a number of young people tell me uh, that they are worried about global warming. I mean, they're worried about pollution. They're worried about plastics in the water. Uh, They're worried about a lot of the things that are happening environmentally, clean air, uh, you know, fossil fuel usage. Uh, And they seem to care about that much more than the older generations. And what they tell me is, well, we care more about it because the data is starting to be irrefutable. We can see with our own eyes the problems that are being caused. It's hard to ignore the data anymore. And so because they have grown up trusting the data, Uh, they more and more are saying, hey, we don't want to live in a world that's falling apart, much less do we want our kids or grandkids to be in a world that was destroyed because we ignored what what seemed to be obvious coming from the data. So I I find this one to be an interesting one. But again, in a world of where I'm optimistic, uh, I'm very concerned about the environment. So we'll be very happy to see the young generations who take much more seriously what our impact on the earth is. Uh, In fact, one of the uh, series that I'm going to be doing in the future will be about technology and the environment and what we can do with technology that's going to be able to help us uh, to be able to be better stewards of what's going on on the earth. All right. And then finally, and by the way, I could go on forever with things that I uh, feel optimistic about with Z's and A's. uh, But this last one, a little bit uh, having to do with the last podcast on learning, learning to be enlightened. I really believe that each of the generations will be 
more enlightened. In other words, have more of a spiritual connection, more of an understanding of why am I here? What am I meant to do? You know, what what is my sense of morals and ethics and how I operate? Now, the reason that, that I believe that is I think that every generation will seek answers, just like every generation has always sought answers. But what will happen in the future is uh, there will be a maturity to being able to look at uh, spirituality or philosophy uh, and to not automatically accept just uh, what your parents tell you or accept what people around you are doing, uh, but to know that there are lots of resources and there are lots of people around the world that you can learn from in order to develop what you think is the truth, right? The truth with a capital T. And so I think every generation at some point, you know, asks themselves the question, why am I here? And how did I get here? And what am I meant to do? Or what am I meant to be? Future generations will have more time on their hands to do that. Uh, Again, because they will use more machine intelligence to take care of things. Uh, But they also will have more access to answers because of the internet and podcasts, right? And all the resources that people have. Now, those are all the reasons I'm optimistic about the Z's and the A's. You know, just a comment for a minute because, you know, the B's are coming in a reasonable amount of time. And Gen B will live in a time where technology is deeply integrated into our lives. Uh, Gen B will grow up trusting technology to make decisions on its behalf. So instead of thinking that, well, the only good decision is made by a human, they may grow up thinking the opposite that the only good decisions are made by machines. Uh, they will be used to AIs, robotics, you know, machines um, that are working autonomously and that are doing a ton of the work on behalf of humanity. Uh, you know, few of the Gen Bs will actually care to drive, right? Because they'll be autonomous vehicles. Why would they want to learn to drive? It's a waste of their time and attention, right? Uh, there will always be somebody that wants to drive or do things by hand, just like today there's always somebody who wants to listen to vinyl records. But the big influence on Gen Bs is going to be the relationship between humans and technology. This is a generation that will grow up with augmenting or boosting uh, our bodies or boosting our capabilities with technology will seem fairly normal to them. Uh, Gen A's still might struggle a little bit with uh, implantables or being boosted. Uh, Gen A's might struggle a little bit with turning over control, full control of driving or anything else uh, to machines. But it'll be the last generation that really feels that way. Gen B's will certainly uh, just trust and depend technology to do a lot of the work for them. From the time they're born, they will not know anything else. Now, I think, again, that's a good thing because as they trust that technology, it frees them to do more things that are human, to have more time on their hands to grow, to mature, to become more enlightened, to learn uh, skills, to learn um, arts, to learn creative things that today many people just don't have time to learn. They're just surviving. You know, in the book, The Fourth Turning, Uh, by William Strauss and Neil Howe, Uh, they share a vision that there are four what they call turnings that comprise history's rhythm, right, of generations. In other words, if you really study generations going back hundreds of years, 
there, there is a pretty predictable rhythm as to how each generation impacts the next. And so the four they talk about as growth stage, maturation, entropy, and rebirth. And this makes a lot of, to me, logical sense. Because what it means is each generation has an impact on the generation after them, right? It causes that pendulum to swing back and forth in certain ways. And so I I could see life does run in cycles. So it would make sense that also generations can run in cycles. So if you believe that, if you you believe this concept, um, and I do, uh, we're in the entropy stage right now, if you really go back and look. Uh, I might have been born uh, just at the end of the growth stage, right? And then there was a maturation stage through a chunk of my life. And, you know, the last decade or decade and a half has moved us into the entropy stage. Uh, Let me just translate entropy for you. Entropy means a lot of drama and degradation of systems. Uh, So just... As a plant, a seed is planted, it grows, it matures, and then it shrinks and dies, and then the whole process starts over again. Uh, It could be said that humanity is going through these same rhythms. So again, if I'm looking at my optimistic view of the world, uh, although we are living today in a time of complexity, uh, in a time with a lot of drama, a time of entropy... Uh, we can look forward to the next stage is that of rebirth, uh, which again just tells me that the Gen Zs, the Gen As, uh, maybe up to the Gen Bs, uh, are going to be the generations who lead that rebirth. Now, if you're an older generation and you've listened to this and uh, you've been giving me the side eye the whole time, uh, I'd say get off your high horse. I am an older generation person, okay? I'm just trying to be an older generation person that doesn't have this normal bias that every single generation seems to have, and it's time to stop having. So older people, we need to get off our high horse about the young generations. Quit looking at what we think that they do that is wrong or weak, and let's start looking at what they're doing that is fantastic. They are the future. And so as long as we are making fun of the young generation, as long as we are rolling our eyes at them and how they operate, we're not being helpful. We are causing part of the elder gap. Now, if you're the younger generation, I would say beware of that elder gap. So I think a lot of times the younger generation is disconnected from their elders. uh, And I don't think we've seen that much before. I think this is unique time in history where probably for the first time in in maybe forever, we have a generation or young generations that don't feel like they need the elders' wisdom anymore. Uh, All the wisdom that a young generation needs now can be found online. You do not need elders. And that's a bit what is creating this elder gap in families, but creating a bit of an elder gap uh, in society in general. And so, older generations, get off your high horse. Younger generations, beware of that elder gap. There's value uh, in some of the wisdom that elders have. Look, historically, the world has been improving when it comes to the quality of life and the number of opportunities. You just cannot argue that if you look at the data. Uh, Around the world, uh, the standard of living has been improving steadily, especially as of late. 
And there have been more opportunities presented now because of technology than ever before. Anyone can learn just about anything they want from anywhere in the world if they just have an internet connection and some access to a device. There is no reason to believe that this progress is suddenly going to stop. Every generation can stand on the shoulders of those before, and technology helps to assure this. Technology now, the internet, right, data storage, technology now is a storage system like nothing we have ever seen. And it just amplifies this ability for every young generation to now stand on the shoulders of the generations before. It should just amplify that dynamic. So let's seek to connect across all generations. Let's find value in every era of learning. In other words, each generation has been exposed to a different set of stimuli. So each generation is going to create a different type of strength, possibly weakness, but certainly a different type of value. Now, it would be better for us to quit comparing generations and trying to say this one's better or worse, as opposed to just understanding that every generation is going through a cycle, every generation is exposed to different stimuli, wars, economies, uh, whatever that stimuli is, and every generation seeks to improve itself based on that stimuli. Every generation will. It's just the way we are as human beings. We seek to improve. So I would like everyone to spend your time connecting across generations, look for what's positive across them, and let's quit comparing and contrasting, and let's start enhancing. Uh, If we do that, we will, as I said, amplify what Gen A, Gen B, Gen C, what they're going to be able to do, because it certainly doesn't help to just roll our eyes and try to make fun at, uh, of the younger generations. So that's it. That's my optimistic view of the future across generations. I hope that I have convinced you. If nothing else, I hope you're at least thoughtful about some of the ideas in this podcast. you for listening and giving these ideas a chance. Let this be a two-way conversation and connect with me on Twitter at sklosowski or on LinkedIn. I also write a blog that you can find at scottklosowski.com. An added bonus is a library of thought-leading graphics you can download from the site. One more thing, please take a moment and rate this podcast on whatever platform you use. Ideas are powerful change agents and positive reviews will help spread the digital optimism.